It is week 11 of the NFL season. We are, uh, we're almost at the two thirds of the way through point there, Mike. Uh, it is week 11. We have probably one big piece of news here to talk about. Um, Ken Dorsey got fired. Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator of the Bills, let go after a few years uh, with the Bills. And the Bills obviously losing in prime time um, on a pretty series of horrific decisions, let's call it. Um, Mike, are the Bills frauds or are is just something not clicking that used to click? Is it? What do you think is wrong with them? Um, a lot of a lot of people, I think, went into this thinking, um, you know, that uh, a lot of people went into this season thinking that the Bills were going to be very good, and they're obviously not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's their their offense wasn't maybe you know their offense wasn't firing on all cylinders. They definitely showed flashes of the same explosiveness. Um, but there's just, there's been certain disconnects that I don't know if it's communication wise. I I, like the turnovers have been a problem for Josh Allen, but by and large, they're mostly like, it's not like he's not seeing the field, you know, like when he throws picks, it's, it's, it looks like a miscommunication, like the fumble, you know, where he dropped the ball was, was just that it was just Josh Allen just dropped the football. Um, the, the one pick he threw where he had Cook wide open in the flat and he just threw the corner out into double coverage, that one was clearly like a what-are-you-doing-Josh moment. But for the most part, like those wounds were really like dumb college football self-inflicted plays. And obviously the 12 men, 12, 12 men on the field for the game-winning kick, you know, that's just – that's coaching. That's not – Right. So – I, I think it's Sean McDermott like trying to shake something up to s- sort of save his job because there's a chance that like if they don't make the playoffs that McDermott's fired. Like they've they've lost more games than they won or lost the previous season. That would be now in three consecutive seasons, I believe. Um, and you just run the risk of wasting Josh Allen's prime if you don't make a change uh, after this season if McDermott doesn't get you into the playoffs. So um, I. I do I necessarily believe that like Ken Dorsey was the problem or that Joe Brady's the answer? No, I just, I, I really do think that they're, I think that the bills are probably struggling for answers themselves because it's not readily apparent what the real issue is. Like the offensive line seems still seems like they're moving the ball really well. Like they, they're not that injured offensively. The defense is playing pretty well considering how injured they are. So especially last night, maybe that was just the Broncos, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that Ken Dorsey was the reason they were losing games. I get that. Like sometimes you, it's like, you know, it's like pulling the goalie in a hockey game. Like sometimes you just need to wake the boys up. And, and it's a shame that in this context, it's like, you, you know, we're, we're losing, uh, you know, a guy's losing his job, but um, I, I don't know. So, like maybe yeah, I guess maybe I think they just needed something to change, and this is the easiest way to do it. I uh, I I think uh, honestly, so I don't necessarily. I know Josh has turned the ball over a significant amount, and that has played into a role of why they maybe haven't been so successful. I do wonder if the firing of Dorsey was was a motivating tactic rather than a, a necessity. Uh, I'm 
I'm personally not sure that it was entirely his fault. Although I think we've seen, you know, I think the analytics and the statistics show that they need to run the ball more, um, ironically, which will, which will lead to, and, and, uh, Warren Sharp has done a bunch of stuff on this, but, but basically if, if the bills had a more prominent run game, they'd be much more successful. So I think this is maybe in an effort to to remove Dorsey from that position because he was not receptive to that move. And that has been pushed on them for, for a number of uh, years now. It's been an issue. So I'm interested to see how it goes. Uh, but let's get into the games, Mike. We got football this week. Um, that we do. Whether it's good football or not until Monday night remains to be seen. Uh, we were very privileged to have a fantastic week. Witching hour was insane. We had five or six games decided by a last minute field goal. Um, you know, some crazy good games this week, but followed by this week, uh, not as great. So let's start off with Thursday night. This one actually might be a good one. Bengals at Ravens. Bengals are three and a half point underdogs. Over unders forty six. You got anything for this one? No, I just there's to me there's too much unknown with how Baltimore will respond to collapsing against uh, uh really how both teams will respond. Both I was going to say yeah, but I mean the, the Bengals with a disappointing loss. Yeah, to games they probably should have won. Um, both teams, like, yes. Yeah, and like which team gets off the mat. This is this game's in Baltimore. This yeah. game is in Baltimore. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, just the Bengals' defense has been really up and down. Like, sometimes they play really well, sometimes they don't. Um, this feels like a bit of a slugfesty sort of game just because, you know, like the Bengals' offense has started to look more like themselves, but they're not fully back to – like, they, they just keep scoring when they need to keep scoring. Um, and But I, I think at the same time, like, the Ravens offensively are sort of due for one of these games where they look like they forgot how to play football. Um, and against an in-division opponent that has seen, you know, their scheme more, uh, I guess maybe not their scheme because they haven't played yet, right? Like they didn't play early in the season? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Let me double check for you while you keep talking. Yeah, so I like it just in-division opponent a little bit more familiar with the personnel if they haven't seen him yet. Yeah, no, they did. Uh, they played early in the year, 27-24 Baltimore. Uh, um. The yeah, so they they've seen the scheme before. Um, I, I think this is a different uh, Cincinnati team, and if I had to pick one, I think that Cincinnati is actually the more likely team to respond well, um, just because it feels like Baltimore was on a little bit of a roll, and if they had just dominated uh, Cleveland, uh, this game would be very different. But I think that there's going to be a little bit of hesitancy with the way that they blew that lead. Um, turning around on a short week, and they're not, they're just not going to. Baltimore's not going to play with the same confidence. Um, so I, all that leads me to lean Cincinnati actually finds a way to win this game. Um, and so you know, seventy six percent of the cash is on Cincinnati too. So I think the sharps kind of think that as well. Um, I would also lean the under just because I think this is going to be a little bit less of a shootout, but seventy one percent of the cash is on the over. Overall, those are those margins are just a little too fine. Um, without a strong feeling on this game for me. So uh, I'm staying away. I, it should be a very in, interesting and entertaining game. I just don't have a good read on it. 
Yeah, I I mean I lean Bengals here if or not if, but really only because I think these are two pretty evenly matched teams that hate each other and if you're given points like just take them essentially, mm-hmm. uh, especially in an inner interdivisional game in prime time. So Yeah, I, and it's I'll, not two I'll, and a half, it's three and a half. And yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's the difference between, you know, life and death essentially in a in a game like that. So I I'm probably going to take three and a half. In fact, uh uh, I'm going to call it a, a play here. Um, so I'll take take the Bengals and then just kind of wager on the fact that both teams had a horrible game and the Bengals maybe need to get off the mat a little more than the Ravens who have seemed to really like throw some of these games away. I like it. Uh, all right. No, thankfully, no um, England or Germany games. This uh, year, we're done you with. You didn't those. like the fake spike pick by Bailey <sighs> Zappi. The Patriots are bad, man. I Patriots love that. Bad, also, that, that was the easiest under of all time. Yeah, the, that uh, one. That one, you we I, we weren't even sweating the total. There. I I was watching that game in about early third quarter. I was like, all right, let's put on pregame stuff. <laughs> like I was just that disinterested in watching the Patriots play. Uh, okay, no particular order. Here we go. Giants at Commanders. Commanders are nine-point favorites over-unders 37. Titans at Jags. Titans are seven-point underdogs. Over-under is 40. Chargers at Packers. Packers are three-point underdogs at home. Over-under is 44. Raiders at Dolphins. Uh, Raiders are 13 to 14-point underdogs, depending on what book you got. Uh, over-under is 46.5. Bears at Lions. Uh, Bears are eight and a half point underdogs. Uh, over under is forty seven and a half. Steelers at Browns. Steelers are this is basically a pick 'em after the Deshaun Watson injury news, which we forgot to cover. Deshaun Watson now for the season, um, but Browns are half a point favorite. Over under is thirty two, uh, and then Cowboys at Panthers. Uh, Cowboys are ten and a half point favorites. Over under is uh, forty two, like I mentioned. Uh, Mike, what do you have for the slate? Uh, I have six plays. Okay, let's go. Um, that one, and we'll do what we do every week, and I'll I'll fill in if uh, uh, mostly. And I only have one play in any other window. So, um, yeah. So to recap, last week two three with two pushes, uh, which was quite annoying. Um, so 37, 29, and five on the year, five pushes, just an insane amount of pushes. Um, so 56% hit rate and up four units, uh, on the year dropped a a unit last week. So, um, thanks to the pushes, uh, thank you, Carolina plus three and Detroit minus three. Um, (laughs) so when I drive to Virginia to place my legal wagers, uh, all right, zipping around here. Uh, this one's kind of a square pick. I'm going to take the Jaguars minus seven, getting off the mat against the Titans. I have that too. Yeah, um, and I say it's a square pick because 77% of the cash is on – or 77% of the tickets are on Jacksonville, but 54% of the cash. But, like, Jacksonville – this is what Jacksonville does. They lose to great teams they beat – or good teams they beat teams they should beat. Um Games at home, they don't have to travel. Uh, like the the secrets might be out on how to beat Will Levis. Um, so I just in a defense that's very up and down, and a Jacksonville Jaguars team that that really needs to generate some momentum coming off a tough loss to 
uh, San Francisco. I think it's much easier for Jacksonville to just wash that game down the drain and move forward. Like they, they game was over almost immediately. So um, all that add to me adds up to take Jacksonville here. They're the better team. They should win by more than a touchdown. Uh, and you can't always say that about the NFL, but sorry, this feels like a situation where um, they, they went pretty handily. I agree. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, look, Jaguars are good. Titans have not found their groove. They haven't all year. Uh, and I think if you're the Jags, you got to get up after that game and, and do enough to, to achieve a win here if you want to be competitive. So I, I also like Jags minus seven. Um, moving to Lambo, I am going to take uh, the under. Oh, fuck. Here. Okay, let's do yeah. it. I'm uh, going to Chargers Packers. Are you on the same thing? Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah. So the logic here is like the Chargers only had to score last week because the Lions put them in that situation. The Packers are not going to put the Chargers in a situation where they need to score. Their offense is banged up. Keenan Allen was in and out of last week. We um, should retrieve that. The Packers can't put the Chargers in a position. Where yeah, exactly. Like not, yeah, not because they aren't like, because they choose not to, they can't. Um, so to me, just 44 for these two teams, like the, the, more than likely the Chargers win this game pretty handily and they just sort of sit on the ball and run the clock out. And the only way to me that Green Bay really um, keeps this game close is if it's relatively low scoring. And on top of all that, you know, you're relying on the Chargers to get most of the points here. And we just know that the way the NFL works is whatever you saw last week, throw it down the drain because the exact opposite will happen the week after. And so... Um, if you're expecting a high-flying Chargers performance this week with a banged-up offense, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. So to me, all that adds up, and, and the the money's trending in that direction too. Fifty-one percent of the tickets are on the under, seventy-seven percent of the cash. Just forty-four. We've just seen it over and over again as a high number for NFL teams this year. And like Arizona and Atlanta covered it last week in that game, but they barely covered that, and you needed points down the stretch to get there. And forty-four was the in Indianapolis New England total. Um, and that one never had a chance. So, um, yeah, just feels like a little bit of a high number for these two teams in this spot. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's not that I don't think that the chargers can't score 44. I, I very much do. It is a worry of mine that maybe the Packers put up like, you know, 14, 17 points and the chargers fill in the rest. But for the most part, I do think that the chargers, you know, at, at best are, uh, struggling with the ability to score when they want to. And I, I think it's a lot of it's coaching. I think, you know, they're probably in need of, of some revitalization as a team because they just seem to have these horrible losses, but, but I'll take the under 44 here just because the Packers can't score. And I don't think the chargers are going to have the pressure to score. I think you're right. Uh, I'm glad that we are on the same page. Uh, we're going to, let's go to Miami. Um, I do not have anything for Miami. Okay. Uh, we, we found one. Um, Miami, I'm going to take Miami minus 13 and a half. The magic. Oh, I, I, I lied. Uh, I have two things for Miami and that's uh, not what you have. Yeah. Okay. Um, the magic runs out here for Antonio Pierce. Um, this number feels inflated because, they dominated the Giants and then beat the Jets in a game they probably should have lost if Zach Wilson doesn't throw a horrible pick. I thought he actually played pretty well overall, um, except for the fact that the Jets just can't score touchdowns. Like, they shot themselves in the foot in every single way offensively in that game. 
um, that right down to the last play where Tyler Conklin was actually the one who deflected the Hail Mary that Garrett Wilson would have definitely caught. Um, so all that to me adds up to um, the, the Raiders are not good enough to keep this within two scores. Miami has n- beaten teams that are bad very convincingly, um, and they're off a bye. And they get HN back, and this just feels like a situation where this Miami defense or Miami offense in good weather against an average defense and a team that can't score just puts their foot down and runs this game right out of the building. So um, I'm going to take Miami minus 13 and a half. This, like, I, I don't want the total here because, you know, Miami has put up 70 themselves this season. Um, and that would be just really frustrating if they put up like a 40, 45, 48 point performance uh, in a dominant win. So I'm just going to take Miami, just lay them here. Vegas agrees. 97% of the heavy betters are on Miami. Um, I just, this, this feels like, you know, Antonio Pierce has been a fun story. This feels like a situation where they just don't have any of the horses to keep up with, uh, Miami in this, in this game. I, I agree hundred percent. I'm on the under here, 46 and a half. Um, I don't think Miami is going to put up 47 points and therefore I think this is not, not going to use the S word, but I do think that it's, it's a good bet. Um, dolphins have, also shown some vulnerability. So if the Dolphins don't handedly cover this game, I think there's still a reasonable chance that this becomes maybe a bit of a slog before the Dolphins pull away, but not enough to get you over the numbers. So I'm on the under here, 46 and a half. And, and uh, money agrees with me. 80, 68% of the bets are on the over, only 70% of cash, 1-7. So um, I'll take the under here and just uh, hope that no one sees the end zone too much. I have two more for this slate. Uh, I have three, so I guess I'll go first. Um, Carolina? I have the under, 42. I, oh, all right, I also have the under. Um, okay. I actually do sort of like the Panthers in this spot, and maybe I'm just yeah. a Bry- Bryce Young apologist, and I'm going to be until he's officially a bust, I think. But like, I, I think that their play calling was so bad under Frank Reich at the beginning of the year. I thought they really should have beat the bears on the road. Um, and the Cowboys traveling coming off a beat down of the giants, like the early game, like no eyes on this one. They are not going to be up for this game at all. Whereas I think Car- these are the spots where, sorry, if Carolina is going to sneak up on teams, this is where they do it in games. Nobody's really paying attention to. Um, so I I just I think that there's a chance that Carolina like I'm not saying Carolina is going to beat Dallas um, and, and the reason I'm not taking them with the points is because the one thing that Dallas has consistently done this year is hammer ter- bad teams and Carolina is one of the worst so um, as much as I think Carolina does have the capacity to keep this game close do I trust them to do it absolutely not what I will take is the total here because you know this when we do like the path to victory when we talk through it here there's only two like if Dallas is going to win this game. They win it in a blowout. It's relatively low scoring. Bryce struggles again. And so you stay under the total of 42. I just I think they probably take their foot off the gas late. Um, if Carolina is going to win this game, it, they haven't shown the capacity to really win in a high-scoring game. And I just think that a lot more of it will be they play good defense. Dallas makes some really bad mistakes. And Carolina just scores enough to win, which would be like a 21-17 sort of score. So I, I think what – you know, the 
the victory scenario here for the Panthers is them winning a lower scoring game. And so either way, I think you have a better shot of going under here than over. 78% of the tickets are on the over, 59% of the cash. Uh, I will take that and give me the under at 42. I like it. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, – I think the Cowboys beat up bad teams, which would make me hesitant to be on plus 10.5 here on the opposite side on, on the spread. Um, although there is a money advantage to it based on percentage of bets right now. Um, so that is kind of like the system that we use to gauge whether or not uh, it's maybe a good bet. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Cowboys have been firing off a lot. And I just don't know that in this particular position at Carolina, they come out like on a 1 p.m. game, super fired up to put up 40. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think 10 is maybe a little bit of a spread to cover, um, but I don't know that that's on their mind. Um, and, you know, when, when the Cowboys, the Cowboys don't need to play good defenses to hit and under. They played the Chargers uh, over under was uh, 50 and they didn't break 40 points. So um, I, I'll take the under 42 here. I think Raiders or I'm sorry, Panthers, you know, who knows what we're going to get with this. Uh, I think this just kind of seems like a lazy game. So give me the under. Yeah, I I think we're pretty much on the same page there. Um, I let's go Arizona Houston. Nothing. I am on the Cardinals. Okay. And maybe, maybe this is just like I saw Kyler Murray and that sick catwalk shot of him running, and I think that there's a chance that they win. I just I thought about taking um, I thought about taking Cincinnati last week coming off a big win for Houston because like rookie seasons can be really up and down and CJ Stroud hasn't proven totally to be totally immune to that. Um, but he did play well. So I'm glad I wasn't on it this week just feels like a situation where it's one of those where they're not going to win and they're not going to cover at some point coming up here against a team. They're probably better than, and that's just a, that's a young team growing right in front of our eyes in their first season under their head coach and with a rookie quarterback. And so meanwhile, I think Arizona, you know, the way that Kyler performed is definitely going to give them a little bit of boost of motivation to keep playing well. And I think that they're probably too good to be in the top two race anyway. So if you're the Cardinals, you're really looking at it as is Kyler Murray a better option with his current contract than trying to deal him for what certainly won't be a first round pick like more than likely because Kyler already got paid. Um, and then taking a chance on somebody who is not Drake May and Caleb Williams. So I, all that to me adds up to, I think the Cardinals still have a little bit of motivation to go out there. and they're like, it's not college football. Like they're still professionals. They're playing for jobs. So I, I think that Arizona keeps this game pretty close with the, Texans the whole way and I would not be shocked and I don't hate a sprinkle on the money line here plus like 190 um I think that's good value based on like the experience of the two uh quarterbacks the fact that Houston isn't a particularly tough place to play um it just it feels like a good spot for the Cardinals to sneak up on a young team so uh give me the Cardinals with five I think that that's a pretty size of especially for the nfl and a nice gap there for you to fall into even if uh 
Houston wins, but wins narrowly. So um, give me the Cardinals plus five. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'll go with, since we both got one more, I'll go with one here and see if you got it. I'm going to go Bears plus eight. I'm on this game, but I'm on the total. So you go first. Okay. Um, the Lions are good. The Lions are not necessarily plus eight good. The addition of Montez Sweat made the Bears D-line. Like, it might have been the missing piece for that that D-line and possibly that defense. Um, I think the Lions will struggle to move around, although they're a very good offense, obviously. Uh, I just think eight is just a tad bit much uh, for, for most teams, and I don't know that, that it's reflective of what I think is going to happen. So I'm going to take eight points here. I'm probably going to also uh, parlay just for fun every team that's plus eight or more or plus seven and a half or more this week uh, just because a touchdown is a lot to cover against a professional sports football team. Uh, and every once in a while we have these weeks where, you know, like heavy underdogs come out big. I think this might be the week for that. So I'll probably sprinkle something in there. But, yeah, give me plus eight here for the Bears. I just think eight is just a tad bit much to cover for a, a noon kickoff for the Lions at home. Uh, I I read the game similarly, but I'm going to take the under. Um, just because I know, I know the Lions defense has been a little bit suspect, but if you know, the Bears are getting fields back. I actually think that there's a chance they start slow. Um, I'm with you on the, the Bears defense. They've been playing a lot better since they got sweat. Um, the Lions are still showing some signs of inconsistency. Um, I, I think on both sides of the ball, because they've had some games where they, like, obviously, you know, the Ravens and, and the Bears defense isn't the Ravens defense, but the Bears are, or the Lions have shown the ability um, to, to not – play well offensively and this just this feels like a situation where maybe they sleepwalk through this game against the Bears a little bit um I, I don't hate the logic on plus eight I'm just going to take basically my read on the game it being the total and so like uh, again s- similar situation to the Cowboys um and the Panthers where like if the Lions are going to win they're going to win convincingly and Chicago's probably not going to score a lot of points and if the game stays close and Chicago's going to win, Chicago's probably doing it not in a shootout, though Fields has the capacity to keep up um, if he has a great game. So um, I understand why the splits are a little bit narrower here with 64% of the total or cash on the under as opposed to the tickets being split 50-50. Um, I, yeah, I just think – I think 48's a lot for both of these teams to get to. I don't hate it. All right, let's move to the afternoon slate. Uh, got one, two, only three games in the afternoon slate, which sucks. So dumb. Back on the back on this bullshit, but okay. Uh, Bucks at 49ers. 49ers are 12 to 11 and a half point we should, favorites. We should start a play. Like, is the Octobox actually bad for the NFL? Like our column, you know? <laughs> because they love they like the NFL Network loves when Scott Hansen can go. Let's go to the Octobox. But um, is it? Are they doing like the eight games at once to get that like magical hour? I would like, fucking hope not. Magical witching hour, and really robbing us of what could actually be two witching hours uh, if you had like five games in the afternoon window. Like it, they did that last year for a few weeks where it was like seven and five or six and five. And it, it, I think it's better. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I, I would agree. It is better when you have an even matchup in two different slates and then you kind of transition to Sunday night football, but yeah, 
what am I? Just a fan of football, not an executive. Uh, okay, so Bucks are eleven and a half point underdogs. I am gonna go with the Bucks here. Um, oh, I'm sorry, we're not doing pick shit. Uh, sorry, Bucks forty ers Bucks are eleven and a half point underdogs. Over under is forty one and a half. <laughs> Seahawks at Rams. Uh, Rams are one point underdogs. Over under is forty six. And then Jets at Bills. Uh, Bills are seven point favorites. Over under is forty. All right, I'll start off here. Uh, I have Bucks plus eleven and a half. I also have the over forty one here. Um, Bucks showed us they can score. I know the 49ers defense is very, very good, uh, but their offense is also very, very good. And I think 11 and a half, maybe just a little too much for me uh, on the side of the Bucks um, for, for the 49ers to cover. I know the 49ers are a very good team. I don't think the Buccaneers will win this game. I do think 11 and a half, just a tad much. It's also opened at seven and a half and has creeped up ever so steadily. So now I see it at 12 on Bovada or on um, action app right now. So should be interesting to see uh, how this game turns out. But I think 11 and a half is just a little too much. I know the 49ers are good. I didn't believe they were bad when they were on that three game losing streak. Um, but despite struggling, I think 11 and a half is too much for the, for the 49ers to cover here. And then I think the over, I think, you know, good offense. I think, Bucks can keep pace a little bit enough to push this on the over. I I tend to agree, um, and I think the other thing working for the over too is if you read that game, like if we talk about how Tampa Bay wins, I think it's they get out to an early lead with you know a couple of explosive plays that go for touchdowns, and so if you can get you know even if you still lose, maybe you you know you cover the Bucks at like seven, but if you get fourteen quick points and you get up to like twenty one. Um, then you're then this is guaranteed um, for the Bucks. Really, you need the Bucks to to get like 17 or more, and you're in pretty good shape given the spread. So, um, like even if San Francisco doesn't cover, they're if they're still going to win. If they win by seven, you're still hitting the number. So, um, yeah, I uh, or well, I guess 24 17 wouldn't be wouldn't be 42. It would be 24 18. Anyway. Um, no, I'm just going to stay away from it because I, I don't know if coming out of the bye, the 49ers have gotten healthy and are back to, like, tearing everybody's head off uh, or if that was just a one-week thing. So and if they are back to, like, God mode, then I think there's a chance they win this game by, like, 21 points. But um, I, I just don't know. So I think that there's a chance San Francisco is back to who they were, and in that case, I, I'm staying away from it. But I, I don't hate the logic. Uh, all right. What's your, what's the, I got every single game on this slate. So what's your next one? What do you got? Uh, I'm going to take the Rams plus one. Um, I'm on that as well. Yeah. So I would take this at the money line, but depending on what, where you are, uh, like who you're gambling with, um, the money line is, is still a minus and it's minus one Oh four to five. Um, Whereas you can probably get plus one at minus one ten or my, some some books I know have it uh, because looking on the action app some have uh, plus one at like minus one hundred eight minus one hundred nine so little little pro tip if you do um, if you look at alternate lines sometimes you could find like a minus half point for like even money um yes pro tip. Um, <laughs> But either way, so 
if the value's not there in the money line, I'll actually take the point and the possibility of a push here. Um, you know, it's obviously a slim chance, but, you know, one point margins, I, I feel like have become more common in the NFL. And so I think if it's a difference between like a minus 108, minus 105, take the minus 108, the possibility of getting your money back. So, um, so I, uh, I just think that the Rams coming off a buy are in a good spot where if Stafford is going to play here, um, then you have, you know, you have a chance to get back to similar to the offense that we saw in the first half of the season with the healthy cup and, uh, Puka Nakua playing. And I just think Seattle, yes, they won against the commanders, but they didn't look great. And I think this is, they haven't really played well ever since they got smoked by the Ravens. Um, so this is just to me a good chance for a team that's probably less talented to sneak up on a more talented team. It's at home, not going to be in the spotlight. So, um, just a, yeah, I, I think that this is a good spot for the Rams to, to win, uh, a game they've probably shouldn't win otherwise both because of talent and for their franchise strategy so um yeah i i, I think this is a good spot for the rams so i'll take it uh cash here 83 percent on the rams compared to 54 percent of the tickets yeah i this was more of a like eyeball test i know the rams aren't wonderfully fantastic but the seahawks i don't think have shown any kind of like significant life um over the past couple of weeks, like they, they eked out a win against Washington at home. I I just don't see them as a, as a team that's to be feared uh, in the playoffs, to be honest with you, their, their wins have come at like Arizona. They beat Cleveland. They lost to Cincy. I just don't see them as a very good team. Whereas I think the Rams have shown despite their losing streak here at times, they can be decent. Um, so I, I like them at home here. I don't think Seattle's very good. Um, Rams are a, a decent at best team, but I think they pull out here. Uh, I have Bills minus seven for this last pick, just to let you know. Uh, I I like it. the The percentages are what threw me off, but I actually think this is a, a good spot to take the Bills. I I'm I'm hoping it it falls to minus six and a half when it where where it opened up, but I just don't. To me. You can you can get a hundred interceptions from Josh Allen, but the the Jets' offense is anemic, right? And if if I'm looking at this objectively, sure, maybe the Bills are going to struggle to score, uh, but I don't think that means they'll lose the game because I just don't trust the the Jets' offense at all, having seen what I've seen. So that's why I'm I'm going Bills minus seven. Yeah, no, I I totally understand it. This is going to be an interesting like. Because the Jet, like, you know, both franchises are a little bit in, like, a, a definitely a state of turmoil, bordering on a crisis, because the Jets had a players-only meeting, and then they cut Michael Carter, uh, who was claimed by three different teams on waivers, which I feel like almost never happens um, in the NFL. So, and a guy that, by all accounts, was really respected and loved in that clubhouse. Um, so that doesn't make any sense with what's going on. And I, I think maybe there's some like ownership GM meddling with this decision not to go with anybody else, but Zach Wilson. Um, I don't really know why, but uh, yeah, I, I just think something's fishy with the jets. Um, there's some sort of internal dysfunction that 
And granted, like no, sh- no shit. I, th- I think it's called the Jets. So. Yeah, but it, but like normally that's outward dysfunction where it's like very clear that there's like horrific mismanagement going on. But this one seems a little bit more below the surface, um, which is it's a unique Jets situation. I'll say that normally like our dirt is so out in the open that it's very easy to make fun of us. Um, meanwhile, the Bills. Like I said, like we talked about at the beginning, like I, I don't know what's wrong with them, but something's wrong. Um, not in the same way as the Jets. Like the the Jets is like this. There's a suspicion about some like internal, interpersonal dynamics. Whereas the Bills, it's just sort of puzzling as to why this team is just consistently shooting themselves in the foot. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see which te- which of these two teams comes out and has banded together and is reacting to the adversity positively as opposed to which team just continues to do the things that have gotten them to where they are. So, um, yeah, that, that'll be, that'll be very interesting to see. And that's part of the reason why I'm staying away is, and I think the 56, I think percent of the cash and 58% of the tickets are on the jets. Um, which maybe that's just like a we don't know what's going to happen, so take the number. But um, I, yeah, I think the Bills probably win this game. Do I see them covering the full seven? I don't know because the Jets have played the Bills tough recently. So yeah, I, I, I lean the way that you are leaning, I are are going here, but I just I don't have enough confidence to take because I I do think there's a chance the Jets just lose by four. You know, that's that, yeah, no, I, I, I could see a world. I could, uh, it's, um, trust me, it's not a two unit play by any means. Uh, I just, I think if you're, if you're thinking about it, like, where are you going to wind up watching Sunday night football? You might be like, oh, of course the Bills covered by 21 points. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, all right, last two games of the week Vikings at Broncos, Sunday night football. Vikings are two and a half point underdogs to the Broncos. Over under is 42 and a half. And then the best game of the week, possibly the season uh, Chiefs, Eagles. Chiefs are at home uh, and two and a half point favorite. Under, over under is 45 and a half. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Uh, I am taking the Eagles, Chiefs. Over on the ratings. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. I, I don't have any place here. Uh, the Rams are my last one. I just, the the Eagles-Chiefs game is going to be like the most watched television event that's not the Super Bowl this year. Um, yeah, very, the, very, very, very excited. With all the with all the Taylor Swift stuff uh, and it being on a weeknight, I think the Bachelor's, or the, uh, yeah, I think the Bachelor's over, like, there's everybody's gonna have eyeballs on this game. Yeah. Well, I know uh, who's what? Yeah, I, I'm very excited for this game. Very, very excited. Yeah. Do I know who's gonna win? No. No clue. I I lean Philly just because I, I like Kansas City has not been uh like they've they're beating teams, they haven't been dominant whatsoever. But at the same time, it's Andy Reid off a of bye. I it's such a tough spot. Um I, yeah, and no clue. Like, this could be a shootout. I could see this being, like, 21-17. I could see that score going in either direction. It's just no clue. This will be a lot of fun, and it'll be interesting to see the storylines coming out of this game. Um, But asking me to pick a winner here, I have no idea. I'm shocked this is even, like, 
minus two and a half. I, I would think this would be closer to like minus one and a half one, um, just because I, I think these are two very equally good teams. Um, and if anybody tells you they feel strongly about this game one way or the other, I think they're probably lying. Yeah, I don't feel strongly enough uh, on any of these on either um, team on this one. I, I will say I'm going to do under in the Vikings Broncos game. Uh, I think the Josh Jobs hype wears off a little bit. I think Russell Wilson's been struggling if you're looking at it objectively. Um, I believe also he had like a minor, very minor, minor bump or bruise or injury or something. Um, so I'm going to take the under in that. I don't think in primetime teams score very much. I think very much so that the Vikings and Broncos, whose offenses at times this year has looked anemic, will will bring us over 42.5 there. Uh, I don't have a bet much like you for Eagles-Chiefs. I do lean Chiefs, actually. I do think if you do the eyeball test objectively, the Eagles have shown themselves to be vulnerable at times, and I think, you know, hype of the rematch aside, um, you know, the only reason this game matters is to determine, you know, which one, which team is, is maybe a little more hurt by the loss for their number one seed bid. I think the chiefs are a little less at risk there. I think this matters more if the Eagles lose. Uh, Cause I think the 49ers have gotten better and the Eagles have gotten worse since then, but uh, obviously it's theirs to their one seed to lose at this point. Um, but I think Chiefs come out on top here, and I think they probably do it by field goal. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I went to the standings. You're probably right on the Chiefs just because, like, they are they play in the worst – well, not the worst division, but they play in a way worse division than the Jags and the Ravens. And, like, the, Dol- like the Dolphins, Ravens specifically, are going to be – constantly playing tough divisional games and then the Jaguars are just they we, they've shown that they can't consistently avoid some of these laughers um so I think the Chiefs probably have the, the easier path where just by a function of having the 49ers in their in their conference the Eagles have a little bit to worry about um and obviously the Lions have have been playing pretty well so um yeah I just I don't know I, I don't know I I think it's gonna be an awesome game I can't wait to watch it no clue how it's gonna Well, that has been our show. Thank you for listening and like and subscribe. And we'll see you next week for week 11 of NFL football.